Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Why are the jerseys so cheap in Brazil? Because the money, the currency, is yeah. not worth anything. So for euros, it's cheap. So how much are you paying for like this season's uh, Botafogo jersey? <laughs> They'll probably pay you some money for you to get a Botafogo jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but a regular jersey costs about 250 reais, which is 50 euros more or less. Jeez, that's not bad. It's I think it's about 60 pound Premier League shirt. Like definitely cheaper than in Germany. What? No, jersey's about 90 euro. No, no well, Germany, I need a Gabigol jersey. So I well, need I'm to going go to, to Brazil in December. Right. So if you guys right. want to, yeah, yeah. you know, order anything, I need one of Gabigol. So yeah. anything from Fluminense would be great. <laughs> I was looking at the jerseys of the Champions League over the last few days and realized this is a vintage season of jerseys it's a very very good season I mean your beloved yeah our lead, I mean, that, yeah. that black awake the black one also the awake kit wow yeah, it's, the home kit is also good I think it's the Nike season that all third jerseys they've made like yeah. 90s look yeah. more or less mm. that nostalgia it's always yeah. in <laughs> the first uh, Barca jersey not that good <laughs> a rare misstep not in a very second. good season <laughs> <laughs> it's Nike that did no it's Adidas that did Arsenal isn't it uh, Adidas do Arsenal now, Adidas yeah. do Arsenal I feel like I'm yeah. at a funny angle here. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that Chelsea shirt they were wearing against Ajax I love it I'm not sure I'm not sure oh, I really liked I it I liked it yeah. like the it. black with the with the orange yeah like the cut looks weird on the neck I thought it was pink no it's definitely orange it's orange yeah the problem Get is the sponsors as always the sponsor doesn't look good probably ah so yeah. the, Are you sure? It's pink? No, it's, it's definitely orange. I'll look at that after the book. Yeah, I think it's orange. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, so joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Francesco Porzio. Hello. Joanna Bueno. Hi. And Luis Ambrose. Hello. Should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails to. Uh, we do really appreciate all of them, so please keep them coming in. And if you've time to pop over to iTunes leave a comment leave a rating let us know how we are doing that would be appreciated too uh, apologies in advance myself and Francesco <laughs> we've been taken down by this winter Berlin weather yeah didn't even start yet so it's just I the know. beginning of the end <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming through in cold here uh, Monday night the Ballon d'Or shortlist is revealed Tuesday night Man City romped to a 5-1 win over Atalanta with Raheem Sterling scoring three being involved in the other two give him the award now is, is that what we all agree upon nope <laughs> oh Well, go ahead, Francesco. No, I mean, it's uh, always a matter of deciding what's... I mean, every year we have this kind of discussion, like, what's the Ballon d'Or about? And Lewis is delighted that we have the discussion now. Uh, He's already lost the will. Yeah, exactly. But is it is it about the overall season of last year or is it about who is the best player in the world? Last year, they told us that it's about the season because Modric won. So I, will, I wouldn't say Modric is the best player in the world, but definitely he had... It was the best last season. Mm -hmm. So if we take in consideration 2018-2019, I think should be one between Mane and Van Dijk, probably. But, uh, you know, we'll see in, the, in, in December what they will decide. Joanna? 
I, I have to agree with him. Like, uh, I was a bit surprised when Messi won the FIFA award because, yeah, of course, you know, Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah, they're the best and we all know that. But if it's about the season, then neither of them should have even been among the three finalists. Van Dijk's season was much better. And Mane also, and even Firmino, I mean, I could name like five other guys that did a better season than they did. So Sterling among them. I don't think Sterling will win the Ballon d'Or, but yeah, he's he's doing really great. Like Sterling, uh, Aguero, those guys did way better than Messi and Cristiano last season. So it should be about who's the best in that particular season, right? I always thought it was for the year, the calendar, yeah. the calendar yeah. year. That was my impression too. But who knows? Like it, yeah, it's individual awards in team sports are not great anyway. Um, it's such an odd thing. Like, like, if you score 100 goals, but your team finishes eighth in the league, then are you the best player or not? Like, of course you are. Um, you're just playing a rubbish team. So if you didn't win the league or the Champions League. I think Raheem Sterling will probably... I think I don't think he will finish as high as he probably deserves to finish in the voting. Because I think Man City's season was... Because Liverpool ran them so close and then won the Champions League, I think people don't properly appreciate what Man City did last season. And then, obviously, Sterling, there's a knock-on effect there that, that his own season is probably diminished. I agree with Francesco. If if Messi doesn't win it, then Van Dijk or Mane will probably win it. So who will win it? Messi? <laughs> it's, it's, oh, I think he, him or Van Dijk, I think, will probably win it. I, I feel like probably Van Dyke. If they if they're ever gonna vote for a defender, then surely it's mm. it's Van Dyke for last season. I think the oh sorry the the Ballon d'Or will change a lot when Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi will quit because it at will, that it point will still be completely meaningless. I okay it will be meaningless, <laughs> but I mean until now it, it was a matter of okay if not them who and after them which will conclude an era of football for sure yeah but it, is it not just going to be Mbappe or will somebody beat Mbappe this year I am I don't know you don't know I mean no, it's impossible just, to say yeah. now because yeah, Kaká was amazing in 2007 and, uh, and then he wasn't that great for the five years after so I mean Mbappe until now for sure but I think the longevity of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi is what really changed the, the history of the last 15 years it's not about that they are the best players in the world it's that they are the best in the last 50 years you know not 15 10 years consecutively so that's the big thing about them so I think when they will quit we're gonna see if the this prize will be about uh, who is the best player in the world actually or who did the best season because until now they were and they are still obsessed by deciding who is better between Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi which I think is should be completely wrong that's my opinion at least do you have something you wanted to jump in there or no I just wanted to say that I think Van Dijk has more chances of winning than he did in the FIFA the best because it's journalists and not just players and captains and uh, coaches yeah. so I think it's more professional so they take the season more into consideration than just you know Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi so I, I, I would vote for him okay it's a very odd list I just want to mention a couple of names who are on there who uh, potentially shouldn't have been Mares. Considering that Neymar he, is not there. Yeah, what's what's Mara's done? Like, uh, not, like he doesn't even start for Man City. 
How can he be on... Yeah, he was great in the run-in, but yeah, if you're putting down Man City's best 11, he probably doesn't... Also, if Lautaro Martinez is, on, is oh, not in, how, how is that possible? <laughs> this is like a... Like, like Joanna said... A, a serious thing, right? like, how is that possible? Like Joanna said, journalists completely unbiased. Yeah. <laughs> uh, De Bruyne is also in there. I'm, I'm a huge De Bruyne fan. But he was injured for almost the entire season. Again, yeah. it wasn't as good as last... Joao Felix... No, that, that's that's that's, I think, that's 126 be million euro saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Joao Felix, to be honest, should be in the list. Top 30 players. I in the think last so. Season? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think so. That seems a bit odd to me. Hugo Lloris. No, yeah. That yeah. was unbelievable. It's a terrible decision. Well, but it's France football, isn't it? So of course the French national team captain has to get nominated. He's rubbish. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say Anthony Lopez is much better, but then, you know, yesterday... Yeah, he didn't, <laughs> yes, didn't prove it, let's yeah, say. So, uh, did uh, uh, Andanovic, did he make it in? He is in the list for the best goalkeeper, not the... But not the not, best. Not the, uh, oh. Also, it's one thing that I didn't get, it, honestly, this year. Like, I think they should completely separate it. I mean, how can some players be in both? Mm-hmm. And uh, like, if you do it for the, the prize for the, for the young players, they should be allowed to win only that one. To be to mm. me, because otherwise it wouldn't make sense that they are like they will never win the other because there are other players, of course, mm. like the one we said before. So how they are in two lists? Also the keepers, like there is one uh, like Andan, which is in the in one well, list. Only lo- on, I think only Loris and Tostegen are in the. Alison, Alison, uh, Alison, yeah. Alison. Yeah. But Edison isn't. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Oh. Is that enough for the? Yeah, that's enough, isn't it? That's enough. Okay. <laughs> Elsewhere in actual football, a result caught the Real Madrid finally got the first Champions League winner this season. It's almost November. <laughs> Bit of a mess over there, Joanne, isn't it? Something yeah. went right in Turkey, though. Well, uh, the team has been a mess for a while since Dani left, right? So he came back to fix it, but he's still trying out. And then they have this bunch of new players and some of them they have to start because of the price they costed and the big deal that they are. Even Hazard. Yeah. So he's trying to find the best starting 11. And I think every single match Real Madrid has played so far has had a different 11. So he still has a long way to come. And I don't think that this will be the season where these new guys fit. But he did find a very good midfield last night. I mean, Real Madrid was not... A Tuesday night. Yeah, two two nights ago. Mm. Yeah, Real Madrid was not the best that they can be and they weren't so much superior to Galatasaray. But they did play very well and I think that the attacking part of the team uh, fit a lot better because they were more um, safe like the defense was a bit safer than the last few matches which was a big problem and I have to say that I really enjoyed having Rodrigo and Valverde playing together it was uh, two young guys that have not had was first Rodrigo match is in, in the starting 11 I think and it's nice that Zidane is giving them some opportunities. So I think also Hazard played a lot better with them by their side. So I thought uh, Thibaut Courtois, well, he did something to rescue his reputation. He, didn't he? played like we expect him to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was also really good. I think I counted at least three very decent saves from him. Yeah. He didn't make the list, did he? No, no surely not. No, he couldn't. After, after the last 12 months. But Maybe for the goalkeeper. Well, if you got Lloris on there. Well, up until the match, he had 11 saves in the season mm-hmm. and 12 goals taken. So <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a really good match. Uh, one thing I noticed about this, and I don't know if I'd noticed it before, Tony Kroos 
he might be the most casual goal scorer of all time. He, you know, when he when he strikes the ball, he looks so relaxed, mm. as if it's just like this sort of smooth motion just going through. It's amazing. I'll tell you another name that can go in the list: Marcelo Brozovic from Inter. Oh. Like when he shoots, yeah, you have been, no. Are we no, talking about casual goal scorers, uh, or are we talking about <laughs> great players here? <laughs> but casual, goals. casual goal scorers. Okay, so not Brozovic. Fifth player, Kroos, to score in his hundredth appearance in the in the Champions League. It's nice, isn't it? The others are Henri, Ibra, Pirlo, and Ronaldo. Yeah. Go him. That Hazard miss. Oh my God! What was that? Wow. <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The goal was completely open and he just shot it to the moon more or less. Yeah, he did all the hard work to get yeah. there. I'm worried about Hazard. Well, you can see that he's still not fit, like physically. Everybody was making jokes about him in the preseason, some pictures of him in a match against Bayern with, you know, some little beer belly there. Oh, really? Yeah, there oh, was okay. like some pictures that... Um, showed that he was way overweight but maybe it was the angle he was not that much but you know he wasn't exactly fit it says in the Higuain mood <laughs> yeah I, th I think he's already better but still yesterday I thought you know he can still work out a bit more he's never been slim though no he hasn't he's not gonna have a six pack Under and Conte. it's okay he has the talent to play with you know a little beer belly but um, I think he still hasn't found his best position in Real Madrid I feel that he's a bit uncomfortable I'm not sure he was playing a bit out wide at the week, uh, during the week I think so right. yeah and and then that sometimes he he played as a number nine and he went right into the box and it didn't fit so well either I think him and Benzema still don't know each other very well but it tends to get better I hope yeah he'll be fine like yeah, you, I don't think you can be that good and it won't work out it was maybe the best player in the Premier League over the past five or six years so yeah I, I don't have any doubt that he's going to come good but what people can't expect is that Eden Hazard is going to score 30 goals a season because he's never done that and when you pay so much for a player and you play for Real Madrid and you play in the position that Cristiano Ronaldo used to play and people th I think rush to assume that you're going to score 40 goals for the club he's never going to do that in a season it's just not what he is so we should just be patient. Yeah, he's just, he's class. He's lovely to watch as well when he's playing well. When he's playing well. Yeah. I mean, we may, have talk, we may have talked about this before. I don't feel he's consistent enough, but that's just, that's just me, I'm told. Uh, any other games from Tuesday night? Anybody would like to mention? Or shall we move right did, on? Quickly. Uh, yeah, go on. Did, we did, I did mention him earlier. Kylian Mbappé. Um, oh. I don't even want to talk about the PSG game. I just want to talk about Mbappé for a moment. It comes on in the 50 seconds. We talk about Icardi too. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Never heard um, of Best striker in the world. Uh, yeah, That's so what I said. Was that Lautaro Martinez? I mean, uh, <laughs> Lautaro is the young one. <laughs> the we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to Inter in a second. You can have your, your time um, to shine. No, uh, I mean, Mbappé came on for PSG on Friday against, I think it was against Nice, uh, for the last 10 minutes and got a goal and an assist against nine men. A really cruel of Thomas Tuchel. The, the opposition goes down to nine men and then you put Mbappé on. It's just really, really cruel. Um, and he did the same. They were comfortably 1-0 up against Bruges. Mbappé hadn't been fit enough to start the game. So he brought him on in the 52nd minute. Ah, hat trick, assist, easy. It's unbelievable. Before, I think he's still got two or three more Champions League games before he turns 21. He's 
got 17 goals, which is already five ahead of any other player in history before turning 21 in the yeah. Champions League. I think he's the youngest to reach uh, like 15, 15 goals yeah, uh, in the history yeah. of Champions League. They had a Messi and Raul. Yeah, yeah, like incredible. Ben, Benzema incredible. had 12 Champions yeah. League goals before he turned 21, uh, which was the most. Mbappe is now on 17 and he's got a few games to go. I so think we are seeing it's a, unbelievable. seriously a, a new generation of players that in two, three years uh, they will they will be really, really, really amazing. Also, I mean, I'm who maybe else too early. Like, if I think also about Haaland from Salzburg, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's scoring every every game. Yeah. yeah, every game. Who else would you put in that bracket? Uh, part of yes, I will put uh, João Felix for sure, hundred mm-hmm. uh, percent. Vinicius probably I will put yeah. in there. I love it. Um, uh, I will put. I mean. Jadon Sancho probably even even if yesterday was an amazing game, Adzonodoy, Kai Havertz, exactly Havertz. Well. Uh, I mean, there are so many at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and even, but uh, it, it does feel like there's a new generation. I feel there is a new generation form. that yeah. um, we are seeing a shift. And now it's uh, it's we are I think we are in the beginning. So like Mbappe, of course, but uh, I mean it's only him at the end right now. That mm-hmm. is super extraordinary. But in two three years, I think we are going to see a overlapping of uh, this generation over the the one before. Yeah, it just the sum of Mbappe. He's frighteningly good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's the question is that how long he's gonna stay at PSG or not, or if he's gonna leave. Question that. Um, so Wednesday night, Francesco. All right. Your beloved Inter took on Dortmund. Is he an Inter fan? See, he never really talks about <laughs> it. No, I never yeah, talk really about it. Talks about it. Yeah. You, you never let me. So <laughs> uh, that's a huge win for Inter, though, right? I think it's a huge win. Uh, if you saw also the other games, Inter, a part of the first game against Slavia Praga, I think it was way better than Barcelona Camp Nou, at least for sixty minutes. And so I was not really impressed by the result yesterday. Also considering that Borussia Dortmund was missing two players such as Paco Alcacer and uh, and Marco Reus. Mm-hmm. So yesterday you could see that. Dortmund was playing without a striker and they were looking for some you know <laughs> strikers there but there was no one so I was really more than impressed by Inter I was really kind of frustrated about Dortmund that they were not that good at the end and I mean you know way better Dortmund than me so you know how is the season going but I know that they are Favre has a lot of problems now like I think uh, tactically and also from a physical point of view they look tired in the first half already and you see players like uh, Jadon Sancho who last year was breaking every game then now he has he's having troubles to uh, you know to to, but, to not run but uh, he's not even as fast as last year it seems to be I'm, mm-hmm. maybe I'm wrong but uh, the impression is that this team um they changed it. Uh, they changed it a little in the summer, and they didn't find yet the solution to you know play with all these new players together, such as Hazard, Brand, uh, putting together with Royce it wasn't there yesterday, but and uh, and Jadon Sancho. So I think they 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 know they don't have like right now um, uh, a clear idea of how to play, especially from the midfield on. But you know better than me. Yeah, it's it's the Real Madrid of, of Germany. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right, Luis? He, he seems to have summed it up quite well. Yeah, not bad. Um, I, yeah, I think um, Dortmund have been playing terribly when when ahead this season um, which is the first big issue a lot of late equalizers conceded as the team 
when they are ahead, they just retreat further and further back until they inevitably concede or at least concede a big chance. That's a confidence issue, no? Um, I don't. I don't think it. I think it's tactical. I think it's a decision. I think it's a, a conscious decision that is being made. I wouldn't. I don't think it's confidence as such. I think it's right. Pr- try and protect the lead, um, but it doesn't work out. the The team is not built for that at all. And I, I would say I think we spoke about it. If people want to go back. We spoke about it last season when Dortmund were on this brilliant run, top of the Bundesliga. They were winning every single close match and you can't just no team in the world will ever play a 50-50 game and win it every week and for about two months Dortmund did mm-hmm. and when people spoke about a collapse at the end of last season actually it was just the games were pretty much the same as they were before but instead of scoring a late goal Dortmund were conceding a late goal and obviously the, the, the narrative there, flips the completely obviously but the performance is pretty much the same yeah. The problem this year now, the big problem that Lucien Favre is uh, is facing is the those players that Francesca mentioned. They brought in Mats Hummels in defence, who's been brilliant so far, probably the Dortmund's best player so far this season. They brought in Nico Schultz at left-back because last season they were playing without a left-back with Diallo or Hakimi at left-back. They brought in Hazard, who was Gladbach's best player last season. They brought in Brandt, who was in Leverkusen's best or second best player last season. And they look worse. <laughs> and the, Favre so maybe is, it's a matter of putting together, but also we have to say that Inter and now maybe it's the worst team to play against oh, because yeah, but, um, the solidity I of Inter and Conte, you know, way of uh, approaching the the opposite side. It was definitely the worst team Dortmund could have played against. But what I'm saying isn't based on Wednesday night's performance. No, 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 I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's the games against Freiburg, against Frankfurt, against Bremen in the Bundesliga so far this year. They've all looked similar. Even against Gladbach at the weekend, Gladbach top of the table and it looks like a great win. Dortmund won 1-0, but Dortmund were clinging on for dear life, which at home you don't expect and I think the biggest issue is this doesn't look like a Dortmund team the, the, the all of Europe knows Dortmund now mm. as fast energetic exactly, everybody yeah. has an engine saying, intense yeah. pressing game the, the whole the whole sort of myth around the club when Klopp was there was built around making the opposition feel uncomfortable all the time and Inter had such an easy time of it last night yeah there was yeah it was easy at the end like at the, stroking Dortmund the ball had- around at the back just no. good in to Devry to Skunia and back again and uh, well I mean with Tuchel in charge with Klopp in charge it never would have been allowed the the players would have been steaming into challenges but they would have been pressing and yeah maybe they would have been caught out and conceded a goal because they were going too aggressively but it just looks like it just looks so passive it's not what anyone's come to expect of Dortmund I don't think big game of the weekend too yeah the, the biggest game of the season and mm. if if Lucien Favre loses the derby with Schalke have started really well this season under David Wagner um they lost to Hoffenheim at the weekend, but the Hoffenheim coach, Alfred Schroeder, said after the game that Schalke are the best team they've played so far this year. They've played Bayern Munich. They've, I think they've played Leipzig. Um, but Hoffenheim coach reckons that Schalke is the best team they've played so far this season. If Dortmund lose the derby, then Lucien Favre will probably be under quite a lot of pressure to turn things around quickly. And wow. Jose Mourinho, yeah. really. Uh, I can't to play going? his wow. first Champions League game against Inter in Dortmund. It would be too good to be real. So. I, I can't see I also that. see 
you supporting a team with Mourinho will be for me amazing. You know? like, <laughs> Jose Mourinho exactly. at Dortmund. He's been linked with the club this week. Like Aki Vatske is said to be friends with him, but I think. It's the same thing, this whole, like, Dortmund, the kind of myth that's built around the club, aggressive football, attacking football, young players, this, the, the club's slogan. The club slogan is Echte Liebe, which means, like, real love. Like, they, they would, <laughs> I can't imagine, Mourinho would tear down all of the pillars that Dortmund have built to put themselves up. going to put Marco Ross on the bench, yeah. training with the under-23. Yes. No way. San, no Sancho, yeah. Sancho back think, in the youth no, team. Seriously, I think that, I mean, that's why I, I, I think... They might wait at least for the international break to change. Uh, I, I think I would be I would be surprised if Lucien Favre is sacked. I think Lucien Favre will probably last to the end of the season, and yeah, then everybody. Well, will at least agree. like the, the Christmas break, I think. And the, I think I think he'll go to the end of the season, and then I think at that point everybody will agree. Radio is the best man for this. That, that they should all go their separate ways. But yeah, uh, Dortmund, him, him himself, and Dortmund also, they're just helped by everybody in the Bundesliga being terrible this year. There's, I think, two points between the top eight or nine clubs. You can't sack the coach when you're a point off the top of the table. Well, for well. Mourinho. Jeez, oh, that, uh, that I'm really excited at the prospect of seeing Mourinho at Dortmund now that it's guaranteed. I can't believe people still think he's going to get like a top job somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because he's the best manager in the world. Yeah. Uh, did you want to say two words about the best player in the world right now? Lautaro. Lautaro. Yeah. Lautaro. Uh, no, jokes apart, has been really, really good this year. Uh, last year he was... Um, he was he was um, the substitute of Icardi basically. Mm. So and he was a problem for Inter at the beginning of the season because they knew that he was good, but he did, he couldn't have the space that he asked. So like he had also some problems with Spalletti back in the time, and so I was a bit um, concerned about them about him last year. But this year, the moment Conte arrived, he said he will be my my striker there. With Lukaku, and uh, by now he's way better than Lukaku. <laughs> he scored nine 100%. goals the whole season yeah, last yeah. season. Now he has six in eleven matches. Yeah, yeah, but last year wasn't played that much. No, it yeah, was just, yeah. You know, substituting. Still, he, he also scored important goals last year. He scored against Napoli in the nine, last minute uh, in December. He scored uh, a few important goals. Also, when Icardi, you know, had the old problem last year, he basically. Uh, he basically scored the only goals for Inter and this year not only scored many goals as you said but in very important goals such yeah. as the one in Barcelona I mean for the results not very important but, but still um, yesterday against Dortmund uh, in the, the, um, the penalty against Juve so he's scoring uh, a lot of important goals and uh, you can see you can see that for him, he's an emotional guy. So uh, the moment he doesn't score, he gets upset. So he's that kind of player. And that's a problem and he should work on it. And he's working on it, I'm sure. That's an age content. thing, though. He'll, he'll get more mature until he'll work that out. No, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, but... I hope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, was, it, uh, was it him who won the penalty last night? No, that was Esposito, ah, Sebastiano okay. Esposito, yeah. who is a very, very good prospect for Italian mm-hmm. football. He's in 2002, so he's uh, 17. 17 years old, and uh, he's considered one of the best players uh, uh, for the young generation in Italy. And uh, remember the name, you heard it here. Okay. <laughs> I did like how Hummels tried to argue about it afterwards. I've never seen him, I was clear cut. I mean, that's... 
I understand the Muhammad's point of view to be honest reflex, because he tried for sure Esposio tried to, to uh, the contact like he looked for a contact but how can you not give the penalty uh, I mean that was good. So. good save though very yeah. good save yeah okay yeah. nothing more to mention from that game no we'll move on I will say no. okay earlier in that evening a win for Frank Lampard in Chelsea he's quietly proving to be doing some good things over there isn't he yeah I think it's weird isn't it there's a lot of people that should probably take what they said about Frank Lampard in the summer back yeah I might be one of them I, <laughs> I think in the, I think in our office there are at least four or five people in the English team who, who need to, to change their minds was it, um, four or five people in the whole English exactly, team exactly 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 <laughs> There was an amazing tweet going around last night. I think it was from Matt Law who said there's seven players in Chelsea squad tonight who've never played Champions League football before this season and none of the coaching staff have coached in it. And there they are going away beating Ajax. Yeah, Jody Morris picked up a yellow card. It was like the old days. <laughs> it was amazing the, also the, the moment. Have you seen the video? Yeah, his face was... No, the, was the referee didn't the book way. him until he get, on, he get up. He yeah, was like, oh, you know, you need to stand up, otherwise I can book you. And then he was like, no, I'm not doing it. And then, and then he sat back down again. And then he sat back again, complaining. He looked, he looked furious. Yeah, um, impressive stuff though, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ajax, I think a lot of people expected Ajax to sort of collapse, delete to gone, Frankie de Jong gone, and Ajax still look just as impressive as they did last season. Um, their last, last night was their first defeat. Of the of the season in any competition, they've been absolutely but the brilliant. The first tough match they've played the whole season. So well, far. yeah, but the first tough adversary. I know Valencia beat Chelsea in London. Oh, even still, first defeat of the season, and you're into you're into late October. They've, that's, they've that's played they've played PSV. Who? Yeah, they've played PSV. Oh, I agree but, with you know, her. Valencia, you re- can't really say Valencia's no, a I, tough adversary. I agree with her I'm sorry. in this case. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not saying Valencia. Are gonna go yeah, yeah, but they far have a in the Champions League, but, it, also. Mm. but uh, I don't think any Champions League away matches straightforward. I think, like you just need to look at like the Guardiola record in away Champions League matches. Like I think it's really hard to win anywhere in You're Europe. Surprised, and <laughs> the fact that Ten Hag has them playing exciting football still after losing two of the three most important players or I mean the the guy that everybody thought was the most important player in defence and the crucial player in my opinion in Frankie de Jong I think it's outrageous that they're still playing such good football and mm. having the same success with it basically semi-finalists yes. in the Champions League last year yeah. and they've yeah. just kind of beaten them at home come on let's let's give Chelsea a bit of praise no here. but that's that's, <laughs> I, that's, that's what I'm doing no yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I'm, saying no, I'm, I'm looking at the other two don't ah, good. <laughs> spot on um, no I think Ajax are still really really impressive so they actually started really well I thought last night they possibly could have been 2-0 up Chelsea rode their luck a little bit I mean we don't want to talk about VAR all the time oh. but there was a possibly controversial Clear upside, upside against uh, Quincy Promise <laughs> it um, was literally a, a, his baby toe uh, yeah baby toe, in, baby. for offside is objective it's not subjective so if that um, <laughs> yeah so it is uh, annoying though <laughs> I thought Ajax were you have to accept good and that just bigs up Chelsea's performance more like mm. I thought they started quite poorly they responded really well with such uh, I mean you mentioned the inexperience the relative inexperience in the team um, yeah it's three three Premier League wins in a row for Chelsea two Champions League wins in a row now after losing the first group mm. match it's all looking quite good isn't it? and Christian Pulisic 
He might have actually got his career off to his Chelsea career off to a bit of a start finally. Yeah, he came on a, the weekend when they were 0-0 against Newcastle. And um, I saw, I don't know exactly know what it means. I think it means without Chelsea being in the lead. I saw somebody right at the weekend, it was his first meaningful Premier League minutes since the end of August. Ooh. So he played, he didn't play a single minute in September where Chelsea, where the, gate, the result wasn't settled already, basically. Um there were games that he was left on the bench it looked like Lampard I know people were talking about Lampard had sort of didn't have trust in him and stuff like that which always you know he's at 21 and was at the club for like six weeks and then yeah, people are already saying the things like that also, I would it's say insane. it's the only signing that he did in the summer basically yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's, it's unfair to put this kind of pressure on yeah. a 20 year old guy that is just starting the Premier League is he that young? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But and yeah. he's supposed to replace Hazard, and he's supposed to, you know, lead the team, and and then and all these other the... young players start playing well, and yeah, instead exactly. it becomes like, oh, why isn't he doing it as well? He, exactly. Uh, yeah. We didn't pay for Hazard, that, but we paid sixty million yeah. for. Pool. He played really well against Newcastle <laughs> off the Classic. bench on Saturday, and then to come on again when the game's nil nil and to set up the winning goal I think it's big for him I don't I don't think I don't know if we can call it like a turning point because I feel like he's like he's been at the club for two and a half months okay. like I've fallen into the narrative that's the problem maybe yeah, maybe. yeah okay. but yeah I, I I don't really doubt that he will come good at some point it, it's just going to take a bit of time okay uh, the current holders of the Champions League Liverpool nice 4-1 win against Genk am I the only one who thought the Liverpool third goal was better than Oxlade Chamberlain's second one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, just to recap, Oxlade Chamberlain's it was a superb goal, but I just thought the team movement for the third one and the little intricate passing just it was good. Struck a chord at oh. me. But Oxlade Chamberlain's yeah. finish was outrageous. Outside goal of the, of the night. It was outside of the boot. Yeah, yeah. outside yeah. of the boot. Yeah. First touch, barring in. That yeah, one and Sabitzer cool. goal for Leipzig yeah, were the two, as well. two yeah. most beautiful goals of the... You wanted to mention Bobby Firmino here, did you? Yeah. Go on. What's the name of that pass again? Well, <laughs> the pass where you put one leg behind... Rabona. Rabona. Yeah. yeah. In English, Rabona. In Italian, Rabona. Rabona. In Spanish, Rabona. In German, in Rabona. Portuguese? In Portuguese... A letter pass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to explain the origins? Yeah, we just. This I was just Joanna's big out. thing in the office this yeah, morning. Yeah, my she was research going this morning this told me that it's a letter pass because when you cross the legs, you make an X, a letter X okay. with your legs. So that's a letter pass. So Arabona, what is Arabona? Arabona when, is when cutting class. No, no. When you put your when you put one leg behind the other, no, no, like, no but the no, word? that's no, a trivela. No, no, that's I'm a trivela. Trivela is what Oxlade did last night. Exactly. Yes. 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 I think it comes from Portuguese, Trivela, no? Or no? In Portuguese it exists. I'm not sure if it comes from Portuguese. Okay. But it exists. In Italy we but just no, say it for Quaresma, nobody, so... But yeah. nobody... In, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a, in in Interlegend, Brazil, um, Portugal, nobody says Rabona. In Brazil, Portugal, I don't know. Uh, probably Brazil, they nobody, do because... But in Brazil, nobody says Rabona, right? No, I didn't even know this word existed until today. When you asked me about it. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 it sounds like such a Brazilian term. No. Know, right? in, in Portugal, probably because all the football terms are different in okay. Portugal and Brazil. But we called it a letter pass. And what a letter pass it did yesterday. That but sounds so much worse. It would, that would have been the goal of the yeah. night if it, the ball went in. It was a beautiful pass. Yeah. Uh, what do you call then a panenka? A panenka is a cavadinha. Cavadinha would be a diggy. Like when you dig something, yeah. that's a, a, a tiny Din- dig. Dinky dinky. Right. So if you call okay. panenka, I need to t- tell you the Italian way of saying that. Yeah. It's called cucchiaio, spoon. 
A spoon. And uh, was famous. That's w- more of, of a dig. Exactly. Yeah. When Totti did it in 2000 against uh, Netherlands, yeah. uh, he's, he's, he said, I think, to one of his teammates, Moje faccio il cucchiaio, which means uh, uh, now I do, I do the panenka to yeah. him. The spoon. Uh, the spoon, yeah. yeah okay. so. What about a nutmeg? A nutmeg is um, a canetta, a pen. A pen. I have no idea why. I have to okay. research it, but it's a pen. If anybody knows, it's a pen. But then one day I was uh, doing the um, proof writing of proofreading of an English book mm-hmm. tra- translated to Portuguese, and it was about football. And I found out that in other parts of Brazil, it's called a little egg, uh, ovinho, and I had no idea. But mostly, so you even have different terms a, yeah, in different parts of Brazil. It's a big country. It's too big for for one word. You know? I'm they sure if we to... spoke about English terms, we'd find some different ones. Maybe not on a football pitch. Hmm. That's true. We probably would. But yeah, it's a complicated world. This football terminology. Yeah. Uh, I saw an interview with Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain after the game. He referred to himself as the Ox. In, in the third person <laughs> you got to respect that it's all about the brand he actually said that he said he had the phone he was doing like a selfie he was like hey guys the ox here <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's also the first player to score two goals from outside the box in a Champions League game since Lionel Messi in April 2019 wasn't that far ago but yeah. you know that's good uh, for a comeback for four months he didn't play any Champions League game it's yeah, a long that, period to that's good honest. for a comeback after what one year injured or something yeah I like Oxley yeah, yeah, I think it was 18 months since his last Champions yeah. League match yeah. I, I'm laughing here but I like Oxley came back in yeah. a yeah. great style okay so a lot going on the Champions League is a lot going on the Premier League this weekend main focus has to be Spurs v Liverpool you wrote a great piece about this recently thank you about Spurs and uh, and where it's gone wrong do you want to for those who may have missed your brilliant article do you want to explain where it is for Spurs at the moment um, yeah so I think firstly I think we can go back to last season and I think if you look back the the run to the Champions League final papered over a lot of cracks mm. um, the run itself was predicated on a helping of luck let's call it and scoring in the very final seconds against Ajax VAR helping them against rightly but helping them against Manchester City um, twice when Lorente handled the ball just before he scored and it oh, wasn't yeah. it wasn't disallowed and then obviously the the late Man City goal was disallowed I think it was Gabriel Jesus who scored yeah, yeah. in the, the final seconds um, yeah so Tottenham's run to the Champions League was not a glamorous one uh, to the final. Um, meanwhile, in the Premier League, they lost. Through, they won just three of their last twelve games of the season. People kind of ignored it because Man United and Arsenal finished the season horrifically as well. And uh, and as you were pointing out, at one stage they were title contenders. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if anyone really believed that they would go the distance with Liverpool and Man City, but um, before those last twelve games, they were level one points with Man City. Um, I think they'd maybe played a game more um, and just a few points, five points, I think, behind Liverpool with twelve games. Yeah, to yeah, go. I remember we were here in the post, yeah. uh, post talking about Liverpool and City. Yeah. I think you or Matt someone said, "Oh, we should also talk about Tottenham." Like, I think two points be. I think, I, I, think I, I think I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but they went on to win just three of the last 12 games of the season. 
uh, this season has pretty much just continued in the same vein. They obviously won 5-0 in the Champions League this week against a Red Star Belgrade. Um, but yeah, they've they've gone out of the League Cup to Colchester United. They've lost at home to Newcastle. They scraped a draw at the end of the game at home to bottom of the league Watford the other day. Uh, it all looks very bad. Is Harry Kane, Deli Ali, or Pochettino to blame? Uh, every, everybody. Daniel Levy, <laughs> Sugar. I would say the club. <laughs> but I, it whoever even, did the transfer I, market. I don't, think, I don't think anybody's to blame. I, I think sometimes things just stop working and it's not somebody's fault. I don't think the squad has changed anywhere near as much as Pochettino would have liked. Uh, he's a really intense coach. He's this, I think you can tell from the way they play, but the training sessions seem like they would be arduous and mm. detail orientated. And I think after, when you play for a coach like that, after five or six years, I think it starts to wear thin and the message stops coming through and especially at Tottenham where they've not won anything and I think when you do that every single week every single day and in the end you've reached the Champions League final but they've got no trophies to show for it I think ultimately a mistrust you, you, you end point. up I don't think it's a mistrust but I think you look for you want a different challenge you want you something new you motivation a bit right? I think so I think that if you if you hear the same motivational message every day then eventually it's not going to motivate you anymore and winning will validate any of those crazy methods that he's doing. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And I think, um, yeah, the squad is just old. If you look at the, I think Tottenham were at their best under Pochettino probably three or four years ago. And Danny Rose and Kyle Walker were incredible at fullback. The speed, they they would just kill teams playing out wide. And now you've got Sergio Ria, who's an accident waiting to happen, or a centre-back in Juan Foyt or or Davinson Sanchez playing right back. Danny Rose looks a shell of the player that he was four or five years ago. Uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld have both entered their 30s. They, yeah, can, they can both leave for free at the end of the season. Eriksen can leave for free at the end of the season as mm-hmm. well. And Harry Kane, to me, looked half the strike he was three years ago. He's, I would be worried about Harry Kane. Yeah, I think Roy Keane was on Sky the other day saying Man United should just go and sign him. And I think if a bid came in for Harry Kane, for like I don't think Tottenham would sell him because he is one of their own. He is the sort of the talisman but if I were in charge of Tottenham um, I would bite someone's hand off for like 80, 90 million for Harry Kane now he's 26 he's had he's I don't think he's been the same since he rushed back from an injury to play at the World Cup and I don't think he's looked like the same player since then he's last year or in 2019 he's scored 24 goals nine of them are penalties it's, it's more penalties than he's ever scored in a year and he's not going to score as many goals as he has in a year in the past four or five years he's relying on on penalties he's not involved in team play as much and I think as an Arsenal fan especially <laughs> when I watched the North London derby the last three derbies I'm terrified when Human Song gets the ball and when Harry Kane gets the ball I feel completely fine with it mm, can Pochettino <clears throat> excuse me there goes my voice can Pochettino fix it I think I think they have a choice to make and I think it's the same choice <coughs> that Dortmund there was a great article in The Athletic the other day um uh, sort of looking at the parallels between Klopp's end at Dortmund and Pochettino I mean I guess ahead of the the Liverpool Tottenham game it's relevant at the weekend Klopp's end at Dortmund and Pochettino's 
year so far at Spurs. And Dortmund themselves said when Klopp left that it was easier because either you have to change him after all this time or you have to change more than half the team. And I think the question now for Spurs is if they want to change Pochettino. I don't think they would find a manager nearly as good as him that would take the job or do they want to change the team do they they, they signed in Don Blay and Lo Celso in the summer already do they want to build a new defence with Odorado and Vertonghen set to leave build a new midfield and just go all over again and it, I think that's probably what they should do because I just don't think they'll find a coach as good as Pochettino anywhere else I think Pochettino will leave at the end but they won't they would, there's no way they would invest that much money given their you just look at their history in the transfer window that's would, the problem yeah okay uh, so uh, as we said they play Liverpool this weekend podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send any questions to us and we have a question about Liverpool from Kean Gavin who asks will United drawing with Liverpool slow down Liverpool's momentum and does this show a turning point for United this season no <laughs> no United no. have United have looked good even last year they, when they looked good under Solskjaer it was in the big games like they could sit back they could counter attack into space just like they did against Liverpool last week yeah, they, think, they beat mean, Tottenham it was the Wembley. first draw of Liverpool in the, the season I mean at yeah. Old Trafford no Liverpool will be fine yeah, but I, I, I don't I don't see it like sparking anything for United either United's problem is that they play against they play this weekend against Norwich they play against Wolves they play Crystal Palace and these teams just want to defend and, and grab a goal on the break and United can't, United can't find a way to break them down uh, no one's going to play except Man City nobody's going to play against United the way that Liverpool did and Chelsea and they beat them 4-0 but mm. it's still not good enough to be any higher than 12th in the league okay did you want to give a prediction for this one Lewis? Uh, at Anfield I think Liverpool will win quite easily Ooh. and what about Palace Arsenal did we should we just skip that one or do yeah, you want to mention it let's let's <laughs> just skip that let's one let's skip it let's not talk about it next week either okay Francesco Here I am. enjoyed I enjoyed my holiday in your country uh, it's the, the best country we in the here, world <laughs> I, the last time we were here I, I was just about to go uh, beautiful Tuscany yeah it is um, nice wine nice wine yeah I was on farms yeah. Staying on farms, nice dogs, cats, that sort of thing. No fake inter shirts. <laughs> no, I don't know if we got that at the start of the podcast, but I went looking for a fake inter away jersey in Florence and couldn't find one. He Disappointing. Just find a Fiorentina jersey. Didn't what get a Hibahisha? There was a lot of Brazilian shirts there for some reason. I don't know why you could get fake Brazil jerseys because probably they're made in Brazil fake uh, yes, <laughs> I don't know really, I found that bit odd well because Brazilian football still has this aura of being the best football ever so does it? they sell well yeah it's an aura it's not it's a, aura. It's not okay. a thing yeah. <laughs> just an aura uh, I noticed that uh, Stefano uh, Pioli was trending yeah not well, in a good way I would not, say yeah, not in a good way I think it was the day when he was announced as AC Milan new manager and the Pioli out hashtag became trending for the whole day and number three worldwide <laughs> I would Very say loved. not deserved not you, deserved was it Milan fans or was it fans of other clubs mocking Milan fans I think it was think? both I mean at the beginning it was just Milan fans of course <laughs> but then it became you know viral and then everyone started to use it okay how's he getting on so far then I mean he just uh, one game. he just managed one game it was a draw against Lecce but a part of the result I think was a good performance of Milan uh, I mean good compared to the eight games before so <laughs> it's a still an improvement I think he came with few ideas few concepts he put uh, Piontek on the bench 
He started with Leao as a striker. Um, Paqueta seems to um, be a little more, um, as you say, uh, to know a little more where he has to play because right now that's a problem until now that we, they don't know if it's like a number 10 or a number seven. So they have a little trouble to find out that. It's a big difference But, there. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's what happened to Milan, to Milan in the last six months with Paqueta. And uh, Chalanoglu was amazing. So, I mean, a part of the result, I think there was a good performance overall. So I, I, we, can, we cannot judge right now, but uh, okay. until now, uh, it seems that he's doing a good job. Then we see the next games. Why so much anger against him? Why was it, you know, why did it get so training? Cause he's, I, think, I think because... Um, is it underwhelming appointment or...? I, I mean, compared to Giampaolo, I don't know, but Giampaolo, <laughs> was a was not um let's say a hype name in, in AC Milan fans so when they changed it probably they were hoping for someone else there were the rumor of Luciano Spalletti going to manage Milan which was I mean not the rumor like they tried to get Spalletti but he's still under contact with Inter and Inter said no It's not going to happen. He's going to stay with can us. You, can Paid you just go from Milan club to Milan club like that? Or I mean, Spalletti now, I think it's not very much an Inter fan after what happened last uh, season. Yeah, you know, fair, fair. Uh, They blame him for everything about Icardi. They bring that, uh, they brought Conte, pay him twice as Spalletti. They did an, uh, an incredible transfer window. So I think he doesn't care less about Inter fans right now, Spalletti. Oh, okay. So he just wants a revenge. And I think why not to go to AC Milan? But uh, Inter didn't want this to happen, of course, because they know that Spalletti is a good manager, so he probably could fix it. And they got another former Inter manager because uh, Pioli, uh, he came after uh, Frank De Boer uh, a few wow. years ago. Wow. <laughs> he was very good for Inter Frank at the beginning. Frank De Boer, yeah, wow. That one. He was very good for Inter, actually, the first, the first games, but then uh, he collapsed in the second part of the season. Uh, I think Pioli is not that bad as a manager because a few years ago he was considered, remember when he was managing Lazio? Yeah. was considered yeah, one was, of the best uh, Italian managers uh, in Serie A. There was one really good season with Fiorentina. Exactly. And, yeah, the and then also everything that happened with Fiorentina two, two seasons ago, you know, changed probably uh, the perception of the, the man and the, and the manager. But uh, I think he, he can do a good job. I mean, we don't know if the team is able to reach what the, what the club is asking. I don't think so. But uh, I wouldn't blame him for until now for, for everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Ultras promised to stay silent. Wave no flags against Lecce. Did they actually do it? The Ultras did it. Okay. Um, But the rest the, of the old The old stadium, they were saying on socials uh, that they, they, were, they were going to stay quiet. Of course, after the 20, first 20 minutes with Milan was really, really good. <laughs> I never heard San Siro <laughs> like that with AC Milan in the last <laughs> six months. <laughs> But uh, then uh, at the end of the game, when Calderoni scored uh, the equalizer, they were a little frustrated, of course. Yeah. So I would say it was a... No, no, at the end. <laughs> um, quick question. Is Ibra going to Napoli? Okay, that's, as the president said yesterday, a suggestion. <gasps> uh, wow. For me, it will be the most amazing thing that can happen in football. If ever there was a player tailor-made for Napoli, it's Ibra. <laughs> I tell you now, if he goes there, he's going to ask for the number 10 of Maradona. I'm 100% sure about it. Because they never gave the number 10 
after Maradona. They retired it? Yeah, yeah, they retired. They had to play in the when yeah, they seems like the sort of thing when they he when would. they relegated, you know, for the finan- when the financial broke in third division, uh, there is no uh they they have to wear and from the 1 to 11 so mm-hmm. they they had to give the number the number 10 but yeah. it was just because of the of the rule and then after they 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 retired but I'm sure that if he goes to Napoli, he will ask for the number 10. And what sort of deal would it be? Would it be like Beckham when he went and played? No, no, he, he, he will, uh, his contract will expire with uh, Los Angeles Galaxy in, in this December. So uh, the, the, the Beckham thing was alone, basically. Yeah. Uh, in this case, will be actually like he's free of the contract, so he can go wherever he wants. And uh, they will offer him, that's what they say, uh, one, one year and a half contract so until 2021. And uh, for me, I would... 2021? He I, must I, be about 50 by now. How old is he? He's 30, 38, I think. Oh. And, uh, perfect age for Syria. I, I mean, not to be honest, I think that Ibrahimovic can be... Uh, can, can, can score and play in every league. Mm. He's a lion, as he says. He's a lion. Like, he's not a human. Well, he's he's a in great shape. He's in great shape. He's, uh, he's scored like three goals this season with the Los Angeles Galaxy. Yeah, he, in MLS. Okay, in MLS. Oh, but he could have scored those goals in Europe too. I mean, he was in the Premier League and didn't. But I don't know. I mean, he got he got he got the worst injury of his career in the Premier League. So I mean, I wouldn't. And the first year wasn't that bad with Mourinho. So, but he knows Serie. He's performed very well in Serie before. The problem of Napoli. For me, would be amazing. But the only problem of Napoli is that they don't know where to put Insigne. They don't know where to put Mertens. They don't know where to put Lozano. They don't know where to put Mertens, who equaled Maradona's Ex- goal. No, he's now uh, he's one more no, because he scored a brace for the second goal. Uh, well, he did equal it. Milik, Milik, who was <laughs> the main problem of Napoli in the last two months, now he's finally getting the chance to play. And if Ibrahimovic comes in, I mean, Milik is done. <laughs> like, he will never play again. And okay, on a scale of one to ten, how likely is it to happen? Get us excited here, Francesco. Five. Ah, oh, five? Five, but I want to be confident that it's going to be a six or seven in the next weeks. Wow. Joanna, okay. <laughs> uh, you were wild enough yeah. to stay up until 2.30 a.m. on both Wednesday and Thursday to watch the semifinals well, of the I, Copa I fell Liverpool. asleep and I woke up at 2.30. Oh, okay. Because I needed a few hours sleep, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you had Boca River. Yeah. And you had uh, Gremio against some other team whose name I keep forgetting. Flamengo. <laughs> Flamengo or so, somebody one, like that. That's the one, thank you. Yeah. Uh, for people who can't see you right now, which is obviously all of our listeners, you're, she's even wearing the Flamengo jersey. It's the 81. Is it, is it a Gabigol jersey? That's the no, 81 throwback. One. Ah, right. Old yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, which do you want to give a quick Boca River update, and then we, you can wax lyrical about flamenco? Yeah, sure. Um, don't know how familiarized people are with Argentinian and South American football, but River is the team them. to beat for the last five years. Uh, they have a coach that has been there for five years, which is really, really rare in South American football. And they have played, since he arrived, 14 finals, won 10 of those 14 finals, won a Libertadores, won two Libertadores, and this is the third Libertadores final, won a Sudamericana, Marcelo Gallardo is his name. And they actually have a very good squad. And unlike also most South American teams, they more or less keep the same squad year to year. They, of course, lose the best players, but they've been managing to replace them very well. 
and they played a they play a great football. Last year they beat Boca in that weird final played in the Bernabeu. And this year they faced Boca in the semifinals. So everybody thought it would be a tough match, but they got control. Like the first match, 2-0, it seemed like it was a deal done. And then a done deal. And then in the second match in um, La Bombonera, it was um, pretty leveled, I think. And they missed quite some opportunities to end the the dispute right there. And Boca scored, I think, 80 minutes more or less. So they never really were in danger of not going to the final. So it's very, it's a great job by their coach, who is actually um, on the run of being maybe Barcelona coach next year. It would be amazing for Yes, if Valverde gets sacked, maybe even before next year, you know, if Valverde doesn't do very well, then... Uh, he's on the run. Well, as soon as they win the Copa Libertadores, he's he's free to go, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Uh, he's, uh, just one thing, very mm. very quick, because I, I I watched the first half, then I felt asleep. I, I couldn't stay for for that long. You haven't got your staying. But... Exactly, but the game, like I, I was okay, two thirty. Finally, the game is starting. No, the game was delayed fifteen minutes. Why? Because there were like oh, papers, yeah. you know, from the choreography oh, on the yeah. pitch. And they spent 50 minutes <laughs> cleaning the pitch. Yeah, yeah. I was like, come on. I'm, I mean, I stayed until 2.30 uh, to watch yeah. at least the first half and you delayed 15 minutes. Couldn't they Classic cleaned it up? South American football. Couldn't they clean it up Classic. before the match started? No, because when the, when the uh, no, it teams like entered the, the pitch, oh. the pitch yeah. they started with fireworks exactly. and everything and paper shower. Yeah. And, and it was, well, it was surprised that no dogs came in the pitch. You know, that would be very South American. <laughs> classic, classic. Yeah. Classic South American. But it was a tough match, and um, I have to say that I would much rather face Boca in the final. But you know, that's what that you can really choose, right? If you want to be champions. So uh, your your team, it was nil all after the first game. Uh, it was one one oh, first one, match, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was one of the worst matches of the season. Like the ball wouldn't even run, a hundred fouls, like it was terrible. And I was very nervous about the match last night because Grêmio is a tough adversary, especially they, we call them a cup team because they win cups. They don't really win leagues and they come very motivated. And the first... It was in... Uh, it was in, in Maracanã. Okay. It was in Flamengo's pitch. And the first half was very tough. Like anyone could have opened the score and... I was, you know, 2.30 in the morning, 3, 3 in the morning, very nervous. But then second half, I don't know what happened. When they scored the second goal, it just came running like four or five. And it was one of Flamengo's best performances of the year, thankfully. Okay. I hope it motivates them to the final because we're going to need one of those performances for the final against River, especially because this is the first year of one final in, in Libertadores because oh, they're one following leg. Yeah. one leg. They're mm. following the Champions League model. It's going to, well, Perhaps it's going to be in Chile, in Santiago. Oh, that's my next question. We don't know where it's going to be, do we? Well, it's supposed to take Classic place Copa there. Classic Copa Libertadores. You don't know where they play <laughs> <Yeah>. the final. <laughs> it's 23rd November. It's supposed to be there. And Comebol has already said this week that they guarantee it's going to take place there. It's still a month away. But uh, there has been some really um, violent protests in yeah. Chile. Social protests against, well, started as tra- public transport being 20, per, 20 cents more, costing 20 cents more. But it's about other stuff. And 
so far, I think seven people have died in the protest. So it's a bit of a mess there. And for matters of you know safety, they might change it. But being Comebol, I think they'll keep it there. I don't think they'll take it to the Bernabeu this time. I mean, adding a couple of thousands, uh, tens of thousands of football fans to a cauldron of like that. Ugh, it's like the classic in, uh, in Barcelona that they mm. postponed. I mean, for me, in these cases, the public security comes first. Like, yeah. Who cares about football? For you, case? maybe not for coming ball. No, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I know. But I could I, here it's a bit different. It's like the fi- Champions League final in Istanbul the next year. Many people yeah. now are asking yeah. to put in another city because of the Turkish thing in mm. Kurdistan. So obviously Comebol tried everything to get those two, the, the match last year between Boca and River to go ahead. They tried yeah. desperately yes. before they eventually had to move yeah, it. Yeah, there was some tense few days there mm. before they actually made the decision. I could talk to the people in Derry and we can maybe get the brandy well. <laughs> well, if the final comes here, I'm not complaining if it comes to Europe. Berlin? You know? That would be nice. Yeah, Olympic Stadium. <laughs> well, the Olympic cool. Stadium. Right. Yeah, it's a nice day. I'm, I'm gonna suggest yeah. that. Yeah, we're available to go. Yeah. Yeah. But it was. It was um, it when is the final? It's 23rd November. Okay. And there's some a month of tensions there to okay. go. Uh, if it, you won't be going to Santiago if it's in Santiago, will you? No, I won't be going to Santiago unless one football wants me to send me there. <laughs> but. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> We like you, but we don't no, like you that much. but I'll probably be watching that at 2.30 in the morning again. Well, I think it's been a Saturday. It's going to be a bit earlier. Right, bit, maybe a bit easier. <laughs> okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Joanna, Francesco and Lewis. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is, get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.1football.com.